This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. So much to get to today. Patrick Royce joins me in a little bit to talk about the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournaments. I'll have Randy Johnson on a little bit after that to talk about the Gophers getting the number one seed, getting a number one seed in the NCAA men's hockey tournament while all five Minnesota teams make the field of 16 in that tournament. But first, what did I miss? Right now, I want to talk about a couple things that I don't talk about enough on this show. First off, um, soccer, specifically Olympic qualifying. Men's men's team, if you follow this at all, you know 2016 was frankly an embarrassment. They don't make it to the Olympics in 2016. This is the under-23 version of the team. That's how the Olympic qualifying and Olympics go. So it's not the full full team, but still you think that the United States should be able to qualify for the Olympics, in a, especially in a major sport like soccer. They don't make it in 2016. So this year, they're in qualifying. They win their first match. They get to the second match 0-0 on uh, Sunday night uh, at the break uh, against the Dominican. Hassani Dotson, Loon's own Hassani Dotson, Minnesota United's Hassani Dotson, comes on as a substitute, scores two goals in the second half to give in the U.S., a 4 nothing win. They advance to the, the next stage. They still have to play Mexico on Wednesday. We'll see who wins that group stage, and that'll determine who their matchup is next Sunday in the uh, in the next, uh, you know, the, kind of in the qualifying qualifying match on uh, on Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. But Hassani Dotson, huge game, huge, you know, kind of you know, jumping in. First goal, by the way, scored by Jackson Ewell, who uh, is a Bloomington, Minnesota native. So Minnesota footprints... In, you know, fingerprints all over this match and this very important win for U.S. soccer. Second thing I want to mention quickly, Gophers Women's Gymnastics win the Big Ten Championship for the first time since 2006. The Big Ten meet at the Maturi Pavilion, by the way, on uh, over the weekend. Lexi Ramler named Conference Gymnast of the Year third consecutive season, and she and teammate uh, Ona Loper finished 1-2 in the all-around in that event. So, Congratulations to the Gophers on that. Um, anytime you win something for the first time in, what, 15 years, that is a major accomplishment. And to be able to do it in Minnesota is, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm sure, you know, like any sport, it has not been easy to conduct a season in the midst of the pandemic. But to cap it off with a Big Ten championship has to make it all the more special. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. All right, it's Monday. Patrick Royce joins Daily Delivery. Talk a little college basketball, both men's and women's, and a little twins as well. Let's start at the top with the men's tournament, Patrick, because we're not only watching for you know our own college basketball enjoyment and interest, a lot of upsets, but also... As we watch this tournament, we're seeing a lot of potential Gophers coaches in action, and then uh, you know going going by the wayside, which should uh, should should kickstart the uh, the the search a little bit more. What uh, Porter Mosier might be uh, coaching himself out of the <laughs> job, not because of poor performance, but because he's he's too good. I have to think that he is on uh, the Indiana radar right now, pretty strong. Uh, you know, Chicago and Indiana pretty close together, and uh, uh, what they did to Illinois uh, defensively uh, was extremely impressive. And uh, yeah, I they, people say Marquette, but uh, I, I don't think 
I don't think the Gophers are going to lose a coach to Marquette, but uh, they would uh, they lose players to Marquette, but they wouldn't lose a coach to Marquette, I don't think. But uh, if Indiana gets in the uh, hunt for uh, Porter Moser, then uh, the Gophers are probably going to be out of it. If Indiana is willing to pay a $10.3 million buyout, they're willing to pay more than the Gophers are for Porter Moser, plus they have the tradition. So uh, I would guess that would uh, that would knock him out of the contention. But, uh, man, uh, you look at it, uh, who do they have? They have, not, they, they have a pretty easy game in the next round here. He could be in the. He could be back in a Final Four again. I know. Yeah, Unbelievable. I, I can't remember who they play in the the Sweet Sixteen. It's, it's escaping me at the moment. But yeah, the big one obviously is just you know when you, when you win that eight one game or you know the when you we knock yeah. off the number one seed in the you know in the second round, then then your third round game naturally is going to be not easy, but it's going to be what the winner usually of that four or five game, and that's not so bad, right? Yeah, but I think in general, my perception of this college basketball season was. Teams aren't very good. Everybody yeah. was raving. Everybody was raving about the Big Ten, and you know, I thought Michigan was pretty good. And then they're, you know, well, is it Levers? Levers? Uh, he got hurt, so that takes a lot away from them. And then uh, Illinois, I did like Illinois a lot, but the rest of them didn't do anything for me. I mean, I didn't. I, I thought underachieved uh, Wisconsin. How they got up, beat North Carolina by 25, the way they played down the stretch has shocked me. But I don't think it's very good. I, I think, and I think we're seeing the future of college basketball with all the other options these kids are getting now and the G League and the trans, crazy transferring all over the place. Now, maybe we're going to end up in the transfer era where you get a free transfer that we end up with the NBA, that the three or four of these kids say, Let's go here and win the championship, right? I mean, what you know? Are we going to have? Are we going to have those mysterious basketball agents putting all-star teams together? You know, uh, is that going to happen? I, I don't know. I don't think. I think college. I think basketball in general is so screwed up. Anything is possible. But now I liked that Arkansas game last night because that was a grinder. That was a battle. It was an old-fashioned, you know, but teams going up and down the court, but knocking each other around. I, I like that game, and I kind of like the Syracuse game because that was a grinder too. I, you know, I, and you got crazy old Huggy and Beheim going against each other. But I like those games because there was some physicalness to them, and they were banging each other, and they had some good players, and it wasn't all a bunch of jerk shoot threes you know and uh i i like the, those games but the quality of basketball does nothing for me i i think college basketball is hurting and the big reason is they let 350 teams in we don't need 350 teams in, you know 200 you got you got schools that should not you know that belong in the northern sun at best and they're all you know the northern sun could just declare itself a division one conference to get the basketball tournament and the quality of play wouldn't be any different than a lot of these uh leagues that are alleged division ones i I, that college basketball is that used to be uh right up there the favorite events i covered and I'm, i'm not as excited about college basketball as i used to be that's for sure 
maybe they should go the college football route and split into like a bold bowl subdivision and a uh, championship subdivision. Let's have uh, let's have two, yes, two division one tournaments. About, yeah, we talk about the course. What bad the men's basketball has going for it are the upsets, and we had a lot of them this weekend. Obviously, although when you watch these teams play. They don't look like that big of upsets, right? I mean, oh, the you, difference. Do you, do you watch Abilene Christian in Texas? That that game was yeah. terrible. That game was terrible. Hey, Texas was turned brutal. the ball over like forty percent of the time. Well, what was the one game that I was watching? I was uh, watching. Uh, oh, St. Bonaventure. I was watching them because there's this guy from who's no longer with us, but a legendary guy from Austin, Albert Lee area, Ori Girelli. And Ori went out there and played with St. Bonaventure in the late 50s and was like a legendary player. And then he came back here and was a high school coach and the greatest guy ever. So I said on Twitter, I'm all in on the Bonnies. Let's go, Bonnies. I turned it on. It was four to two at the second timeout. It was four to two. And I said, well, the hell with the Bonnies. I'm not watching <laughs> I don't have to watch this. I could watch sixth grade, fourth grade basketball would be better than this. But, uh, you know, the uh, the upsets certainly do give us something to talk about the first and second day. Big Ten, though, wow. Yeah. Uh, they're no cinch. Uh, they, they, got, they're all, they, they have six teams done. They got three left on Monday. Uh, they better get a couple in the in the Sweet 16, or uh, this is going to be remembered as the oh the Big Ten's never been deeper, blah blah blah. Uh, it's going to be remembered as a complete fraud if they fall if if the guys today fall on Maryland, Michigan, and Iowa. Uh, if if two out of those three fall on their face and you ended up with one in the six, Sweet 16, we'll look back at the Big Ten as a bunch of frauds this year. Making the Patino fade look even worse. You got any? Uh, <laughs> yes. You got any? What, what's uh, What's your feeling on that uh, on that search? I mean, we obviously about this time last week, um, things were you know things were percolating. They they made the decision Monday night. Didn't figure it's going to happen right away because you got to watch a lot of these coaches. You get you know, a lot of these coaches are still active coaching the tournament. A few of them are done now. You know, uh, Gates at Cleveland State, Dutcher. They went out right away. Um, you got any sense for, you know? Names, well, timeline, things like that. I am told that Megan Ryan's piece on the lack of a diversity, not 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 the lack of diversity, the basically nothing in the, the absence of diversity. That, yeah, yeah, absence of it uh, has gotten the attention of the University of Minnesota president, who has imposed herself into uh, Mark, which, which in the past had been pretty much autonomy for Mark Coyle. So. We'll see. I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, diversity or not, if you have a chance to hire Porter Moser, you have to do it, right? I like Brian Dutcher a lot, but he's going to be 62. If you're trying to make this hire, you want somebody to be here for seven, eight years, right? Uh, At do least, a yeah. lot better. Do a lot better than the last guy did in eight years. And, uh, you know, if you Moser and uh, Musselman would be my two leading contenders, but I don't think there's any way they can get Musselman. And because uh, Arkansas give him three million a year, these guys aren't going to do that. But uh, uh, after that, I don't, uh, I don't see any of them as distinguished candidates who are, uh, you know, one guy separated from the other. Craig Smith 
things. I hear good things about him as a guy, and uh, you know he's a, probably a pretty good coach. But does he put anybody in the seats? Uh, does he? You know, I mean, I, I I think the only two guys with sex appeal right now are Porter Moser and Eric Musselman. Yeah. Beyond that, that this shouldn't all be based on diversity. But if it comes down to Craig Smith or Dennis Gates, I'm taking Dennis Gates. Yep. He's 41 years old, same age, you know, good background. He's got Leonard Hamilton. Uh, Craig Smith had Tim Miles. I would take Leonard Hamilton in that matchup. Patrick, we got to we got to uh, talk about Paige Beckers in the women's tournament here too, because that um, Man alive, not sure. not as many upsets in that tournament generally, no. but. I don't know how I don't know who is I don't know anybody who's going to beat UConn and she we talked about this before we started the freshman from Hopkins she might be the best player in all of women's college basketball right now even as a freshman. I only saw her once live and then I saw her some on TV. I went out and saw her play Farmington last December, and she was like, like you know she had like three other D one recruits with her and she basically let them you know, set them up through assists and stuff. She, when she, at least that night, and I think most of her games, it wasn't like, okay, I'm going to go get my 40. You know, she was a great teammate. And you see that now, but she is better than I could have imagined her being. But uh, she just said that, that was the 24 points is the most points for a freshman or what was it? In some the tournament, maybe? Record. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not yes, sure. Yeah, in the tournament. Some, some records she said like yesterday. But uh, yeah, she's 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 probably going to be the player of the year, not yeah, just the freshman of the year, the player of the year. It's, yeah, uh, it's incredible uh, the way people are talking about her. You know, they were rated what like third or fourth when the year was started. They yeah. were like they're they're going to beat everybody, and now they're now it looks like uh, looks like they're going to win it again. But yeah, uh, congratulations, congratulations to her. Yeah, I, no, think, I think the Star Tribune is going to have to get somebody down there in the in that Dallas Fort Worth bubble to see uh, see Big Bukers win the title. Man. Yeah, she's something else. Pretty she's good story. Yeah, something else. And they got uh, you, you follow the the uh, the weight room nonsense this weekend. Yeah, I follow that. NCA yeah, tried to it, tried to give the women's <laughs> tournament a basically a rack basically, of weight. So what are they? they what is the NCA? What is the NCA doing? What are they doing? They basically had the hotel weight room that us guys use when we stay at a, <laughs> right. at a Red Robin Inn or something is, is incredible. I mean, there's obviously, and then the swag bags. Here's here's what you do. You you know, you don't give everyone a swag bag in the pandemic with the limitations of it. You don't give anybody a swag bag, the men sure. or the women. You know, come on. Uh, I, I don't know. They're, the NCAA is becoming more and more irrelevant. And, uh, and wait, till, wait till we have open transfers. <laughs> how, yes. How they're going to have, they're, they might as well go out of business and you might as well just have, you know, when guys just have a little table out in front of the arena where the guys get their cash, you know. Yeah, just a way, table. Way a, back. Just a table and a website. Way, just a table and a website. Here's back, where you transfer. Here's where you get your money. Yeah, way back in the days of the great Granite City Classic when I worked at the St. Tom, St. Cloud Times, and Red Red Severson was a great promoter, and coach, and a, a great drinker at that time too, I might add. But uh, he brought in Hiram Scott, which was one of these 
for-profit colleges that had sprung up from Nebraska. And the coach was Forty Anderson, of, uh, who used to be at Michigan State, got fired there. He was coaching the Highlands. God, the last night they were playing, they were leaving for their spring break. I mean, for their Christmas break after that game. And Forty was out handing them all hundreds and stuff like that. Was, uh, that's what we need. Let's go back to that. Love it. Hiram Scott rules. Let's, let's just let's just pay him. Who cares? You know, but yeah. I don't think we should pay him over the table. I like the under table. Under the table. Yeah. Put it, it, in it, the hat. Creates, it creates more mystery. Put, Put it, it in, in a hat. hat. Put it in a hat. Wooger. Yeah. Wooger, the greatest the guy ever. Wooger. I run into Wooger at a Metrodome Viking game and he said, You know this guy, you know this guy, he's the guy that gave me the money for the hat. <laughs> <laughs> What other, what other coach would introduce you oh. to the guy who gave him money for the hat? Oh. I love Wilbur. He oh. was the greatest. Oh. Was anyway, oh, man. My report on our fighting twinks is uh, uh, they, uh, you know, they got a few hits yesterday, but I think the roster is an, if Alex Kirloff doesn't open the season with them, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to be because they're that concerned about service time. It's the fact that he's hitting 100. And meanwhile, uh, Jake Cave's going to be on the team. And this garlic guy, it's a home run every time he hit bats and Rooker. And they're going to have, there's a very good chance they're going to open with a platoon in left field of Cave and either garlic or uh, Brent, Brent Rooker. Based, both, mostly based on merit. Well, I'm sure we'll unlock a little bit more. Next time we talk, it'll be right on the eve of the season. Good stuff, Patrick. Enjoy the rest of the time down in uh, down in FLA. Enjoy the sunshine, and we'll uh, we'll catch you again next week. All right. All right, hey, and congratulations to Brad Davison on his fine first round game. Good Minnesota boy, uh, who we've all uh, known, love, and appreciate. All right. <laughs> See you, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, happy to be joined right now by Puck Drop editor Randy Johnson. Covers all things hockey for the Star Tribune. Big news Sunday night. Gophers get the number one seed heading out to Colorado and all five Minnesota teams wind up in the NCAA field of 16 in the men's hockey tournament. Uh, Randy, let's just start right off the bat. First impressions of the bracket uh, that was announced on Sunday night. It was very, very interesting. Um, I, I was a little surprised that uh, the boss God stayed the number two seed overall. Gophers were three, not a big deal there. And then uh, Wisconsin getting the, uh, number four seed overall, the fourth number one. That was – a lot of people are a little surprised about that. I thought they had a good shot at it. I, I actually – I put that in my projections. I, I wasn't overly confident about that. I thought possibly um, UMass with winning the uh, Hockey East Tournament Championship might snipe that spot and, and knock uh, Wisconsin down to a, the top number two seed. But, uh, yeah, bracket turned out pretty good. It uh, – few little surprises. The one surprise uh, was it was a – Saturday afternoon surprise when uh, St. Lawrence knocks off Quinnipiac to win the ECAC tournament championship and get an auto bid. This is a six win team. Then turns out uh, Saturday afternoon, their coach uh, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And so they're, they're out of the tournament. Unbelievable. Freed up one spot turned out to be Notre Dame. End of the day, Gophers play Omaha on a Saturday night. Other half of that bracket, the two-three seed is a you know Quinnipiac, like you're saying, they get they got upset in their conference tournament, but they still get an at-large bid, and then Minnesota State, Mankato, uh, with the number two seed, and that's you know 
if if the seeds hold form, boy, a Gophers, Minnesota State, not to get ahead of ourselves because Omaha is a formidable NCHC team. We're going to see, you know, how the how the Big Ten holds up against, you know, that. But you know, if if they if they manage to get that far, boy, that'd be a lot of fun with a, a frozen four berth on the line. Oh, definitely there. Yeah, that, it's it's uh, Mike Aitken's built a, a really nice program down there in Manicato. I mean, the only thing they're uh, missing so far is just NCAA tournaments. Uh, had had the plug not been pull, uh, pulled last year, that was a team. They had won 31 games. Uh, they they looked like they could have done some serious damage in in the NCAA tournament. I I think if had they won one game, they might have won three or four. So last time I talked to you for this podcast was maybe three, four weeks ago. Gophers had just gotten drilled by Wisconsin, um, including one game that was particularly lopsided. What what has changed? What has steadied them in the meantime that got them back on this path? Because they were so good early in the season. Then they kind of hit that little lull, and now it feels like they're kind of regaining that momentum enough to get that number one seed at least. Yeah, I think they it was kind of a wake-up call there that, that uh, weekend here at Mariucci against Wisconsin. They lost. 4-1 in a tight game that got away a little bit to the end, and then they got drilled 8-1. Um, I think just after that, they, they really refocused. They um, you know, they didn't end up winning the regular season. It came down percentage points. Wisconsin won. If the Gophers needed to sweep um, or at least get a win and a tie against Michigan, then they got a split. Um, but then they put it together in the tournament. They, they played very good hockey in that tournament. Uh, you know, They got it through a couple – uh, games, uh, they're down a goal to Michigan State, and they're down two to Michigan, came back and won, and then got the big lead against Wisconsin and held on against a, a likely Hobie uh, Baker winner, Cole Caulfield. Um, that's a dangerous team. So if I'm going to ask you right now, like, you know, if the Gophers, let's let's stop short of a national title right now, but if the Gophers are going to make the Frozen Four, what is, what's, the, what's their formula right now going against, you know, what's going to be two good teams no matter what? I think the main formula is for them. They they like having the lead. You know, they like getting that first goal. They can be a little bit of a, a team that, that relies on that puck possession, that type of thing. Um, but now they've shown they can come back. They don't want to have to do that a whole lot. Their, their blue line is really outstanding. You know, they several guys that can move the puck. Uh, incredibly impressed with Brock Faber in, in, in the Big Ten tournament. He got uh, ran into the boards, uh, slid in the boards head first. Uh, and came back the next day and just, you know, played an outstanding game against Wisconsin. Uh, they're, they're getting good goaltending and, and very good goaltending from Jack LaFontaine. Um, it's the one thing that they could use a little bit is a little bit more of a scoring threat at times. You know, they have their power play has been a little sporadic lately. Um, it, it's, it's, they've been getting really good puck movement, but they haven't cashed in quite as much as you would uh, expect them to. Um, they're very good at when they stay out of the penalty box and they're one of the better teams at doing that. Um, and, you know, you don't want to uh, end up there with a team that has a really potent power play, like say Wisconsin did. This isn't just uh, Gophers though. Like we said at the outset, five Minnesota teams, I mean, Bemidji state, St. Cloud state, Mankato, we already talked about them and obviously Minnesota Duluth all in this tournament for the first time. What do you think that means for, you know, just statewide hockey and maybe give me a, a lay of the land for the rest of those teams and their chances of advancing. Uh, yeah, I'll start with, well, first of all, it means, you know, it's, it's a nice feather in the cap for all these coaches and, and all the players the, that are on these teams from the state. It's, it's just saying, Hey, you know, there's some good hockey played here as we all know that it's, but the fact that um, you get all five in and, and it's, you know, it's unprecedented here in the state. Um, I saw Don Lucia at the, at the uh, 
WCHA tournament this weekend, he knew CCHA commissioner, and he reminded me that, yeah, this probably wouldn't have happened if they're all in the same conference, and you know they'd be beating up on each other. But uh, um, yeah, it's just it's just a really nice thing uh, for the state, I think. Um, as for the teams, uh, Saint Cloud State, uh, they're they're kind of in a way a bit like the Gophers. They uh, they were really young last year, uh, took some lumps early on, turned it on pretty good in the second half of the season. Season got shut down by COVID, and they, they kind of picked up where they left off, and have been pretty strong this year. They've won five games against uh, out of seven against Duluth, um, so they've they've handled the rival pretty well, and they beat North Dakota once. They're um, yeah, they, they can they can give any team trouble. Got, they get good uh, goaltending from David Renak, um, uh, really good uh, freshman in Vietti Mietinen. Uh, they're just uh, they're a solid team all around. Potentially have to go through both Boston schools though, right, to get to the Frozen Four. Yeah, that that might not be the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah, and then in Duluth, I mean, so most of these Minnesota teams are reasonably spread out. Where where did Duluth wind up? In Fargo. They're okay, the that's right. Three seed up there. They play Michigan. Okay, and then North Dakota, obviously the num- North Dakota, obviously the number one seed out there. So that that bracket is no picnic. Yeah, not number and number one overall in the country. But Duluth, Michigan, I'm I'm looking forward to that one. That's that's uh, Michigan's got a, a bunch of freshmen. Three of them are probably going to be top ten NHL draft picks coming up. Um, and then they've been growing as the season's gone on. They they were they looked really good in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, it's, it'd be interesting to see them in in, in Duluth. This isn't the, the quite the the personnel that Duluth had last year with Hobie Baker, Scott Perunovich, and then their their standout goalie and Hunter Shepard, but they're good. They're and that system that Scott Sandlin has them playing, you know, they they don't have any trouble getting in a tight game. They, they'll they'll grind it down and they'll they'll wear teams out. And Bemidji State, they got in as a four. They give them they give them a chance to, uh, in in the first round, or is that going to be a tough a tough uphill climb for them? Well, it'll be a tough game, but you know this Dom Territory has taken. Uh, Bemidji State to the Frozen Four before, so they're they're not you know they're not a picnic. They they've uh, they've stood toe to toe with uh, Minnesota State and Mankato. Uh, they've got a couple wins over them in a tie this year, where uh, nobody else has really thrown anything like that against uh, Mankato this year. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's just it's fun to be talking uh, talking hockey this time of year, especially you know we think about last year, everything getting shut down. We're we're kind of revving up right now, and hopefully going to have a you know, an, an all systems go kind of tournament and we'll, uh, we'll see where they get to. It's a, you know, it's a pretty, it's kind of a marker. I feel like for the Gophers, we'll just kind of leave with this thought, <clears throat> you know, after where they were to get back to a number one seed, obviously kind of shows you kind of what Bob Motzko is building here. Yes. Yeah. He, he's uh he's got it aimed the right way. That's definitely. Um, and my thought this season that they could, this is a team that they, they closed strong enough last year where they could uh, make some noise this year. And I, I felt that yeah, they need to get in the tournament and they need to, to, you know, have a good showing there. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they do. Randy Johnson, good stuff. Watch, follow his stuff, puck drop. And I'm sure there'll be tons of stuff in the next couple of weeks from Randy there. Randy, thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Let's finish with the cooler. There's three things I want you to pay attention to this week. Um, number one, the wild. Um, I told you last week I was worried after they got uh, smoked 5-1 by Colorado. I think that was a Thursday night game last week. Well, guess what? came back and got beat even worse, 6 nothing in the follow-up in Colorado. So that's a that's a tough one. We got to see how they bounce back this week, where they are on the uh, on the scale of contention or not contention. So I'll be curious to see what they do this week. Number 2, Timberwolves. Trade deadline is Thursday in the NBA. Will they make a move of any substance? The John Collins thing is still out there. 
But the Hawks have been on a roll. John Collins has been playing great. Do, do the Hawks really want to trade John Collins? Is that something that maybe happens more in the offseason? Is there anything the Wolves are going to do to their roster, or do they look at you know, getting D'Angelo Russell back hopefully soon-ish, getting uh, Malik Beasley back from suspension relatively soon as well? Do they see that as you know, kind of the things they want to add to what they've got going in the second half of this season? Last thing, Vikings, are they going to make any more free agent moves? We had Ben Gessling on Friday's show saying watch out for maybe a Harrison Smith extension and maybe something with Daniil Hunter's contract as well to free up a little bit more money to maybe go get, I don't know, maybe go get an offensive lineman. That'd be kind of crazy. Um, maybe go uh, maybe go get one or two more players in this kind of first wave of free agency. Otherwise, it's going to have to be through the draft or waiting for some more cutdowns you know, in June, July to add to, uh, add to what they've got going. So I'm watching for those things. Can the Wild bounce back? Will the Wolves make a move this week? And do the Vikings have some other, um, you know, salary restructures to do to make some more space to add some more pieces to the 20, 2021 team? That'll do it for today. Phil Miller on tomorrow's show to talk Twins. Love to love having Phil uh, talk talk about baseball. Haven't had him on the show yet, but uh, the first of many appearances for him, I am sure. Plenty of other talk coming up this week as well. Thanks for joining me here on Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Listen to uh, listen to us all week. Subscribe to StartTribune.com, and we will catch you on Tuesday. 